everyone, and welcome to the EHS This Week podcast for the week ending December 4th, 2015. My name is Irina Barbu. And I'm Allison Greinke. And we're here to give you the inside scoop on the latest and greatest stories making headlines this week in the environmental, health, and safety space. And to start us off this week, Allison, we talked about COP21, the United Nations Climate Summit, in the last week's podcast. Any updates over the last couple of days since these climate talks have kicked off? Absolutely, Irina. Lots happening. So the opening day of COP21 was particularly eventful. One of the most interesting new initiatives that's been announced is called Mission Innovation. Uh, So it was announced by Microsoft co-founder Bill Gates. And the initiative is a group of 19 countries and 28 leading investors that are pledging billions to boost new developments in clean technology. So $7 billion, actually, to be exact, from private investors alone for research and development of clean energy. So this could include everything from biofuels to carbon capture, uh, high wind, fission, and fusion. The initiative isn't really biased towards any one form of clean energy, but the overall goal here is that it has to be able to scale up cheaply, affordably. And what about the solar energy front? Anything interesting to report there? Oh, for sure. Um, So together, India's prime minister and France's president launched an international solar alliance dedicated to the promotion of solar energy. So what they're aiming to do is encourage cooperation and collaboration between solar-rich nations, and the alliance hopes to mobilize more than 1,000 billion of investments that are needed by 2030 for sort of massive deployment of affordable solar energy. The steering committee actually uh, of this new initiative met for the first time on December 1st. Sounds like there's been some great progress. What are some of the challenges COP21 is still facing? Uh, Great question. There are, of course, a lot of challenges that they're still facing. One of the longstanding divisions sort of between rich and poor countries still very much remains, and it could interfere with progress. Rich countries are pledging $100 billion to help poor countries fight the effects of climate change, these effects that rich countries are largely responsible for, and also to help them fund a transition to clean energy sources. Of course, that's a little bit easier said than done, and so figuring out where that money is going to come from is going to be really critical. The U.S. and Canada, along with other countries, pledged new money this week to that cause, which is known as the Least Developed Countries Fund, or LDC Fund. Also, for European countries, Germany, Norway, Sweden, and Switzerland have also announced a new $500 million initiative to fight climate change in developing countries, and that's supported by the World Bank. Lots of big numbers being thrown around. Uh, So this one, it's called Transformative Carbon Asset Facility, and it will pay for emission cuts in large-scale programs in areas like renewable energy, transport, energy efficiency, and even low-carbon cities. Some exciting initiatives to come. Yeah, oh, for sure. And Irina, I think there's actually been quite a bit of interest on workplace safety in the healthcare industry lately. Can you tell us what's been happening there? Yes, so earlier this week, OSHA created a webpage intended to help healthcare workers and employers prevent workplace violence. As we have highlighted in previous podcasts, the rate of serious violent incidents is about four times higher in the healthcare industry when compared with private industry. According to the Bureau of Labor's statistics data, the number of injuries from serious violence in the healthcare industry totaled nearly as many as all other industries combined. Several factors contribute to the risk of workplace violence, including working with patients that might have a violent past or patients under the influence of drugs. The new OSHA website was released December 1st and shares case studies on successful workplace violence prevention programs at healthcare institutions and describes how such programs can encourage safety and compliance. 
Sounds like a great resource. What additional information is available on the website for workers and employers in the healthcare space? Well, the webpage is intended to supplement OSHA's updated guidelines for preventing workplace violence for healthcare and social service workers and incorporates elements of hazard prevention and control, training and management commitment, and employee participation. The site also includes information about violent risk factors relating to cost and management actions. Definitely crucial information for keeping healthcare workers safe, especially considering some really unfortunate events involving healthcare workers recently. Yes, definitely. So for our listeners who are not aware, there have been two major events of workplace violence involving healthcare workers or facilities in the news recently, uh, the first of which was a shooting at the Planned Parenthood facility in Colorado, where unfortunately three people lost their lives. And the second unfortunate incident involved a separate shooting that occurred at a center for people with disabilities in California, where 14 people were killed and 17 people were wounded while at a holiday gathering for public sector healthcare workers. Hopefully new resources like OSHA's website will shed some more light on the issue of workplace violence involving healthcare workers and will prevent future incidents or violent events from occurring. Yeah, let's definitely hope events like the ones this week can be prevented in the future. Certainly. And moving on to a separate story, Allison, you have some information regarding mine tailings. Yeah, so I thought I would give us a little bit of an update on what's going on in Brazil after a massive mine tailings pond breach earlier this month. For those who don't know, what are mine tailings? So mine tailings are essentially a waste stream. They're made up of all the materials that are left over after mechanical and chemical processes are used to extract the desired product. These tailings then have to be properly stored because tailings often contain some pretty toxic materials that could harm the environment. Unfortunately, tailing pond breaches are not all that uncommon. We've reported on quite a few very serious tailing pond breaches on this podcast, from the 2014 spill in Mount Polly, British Columbia, to the more recent incident this past summer, which let 3 million gallons of mining waste spill into the Colorado River, turning it yellow. The spill at Mount Polly's copper mine was the worst breach in recent years, is that right? Uh, It was, yeah, but it's been overshadowed now by what happened in Brazil on November 5th. So two tailing ponds at a large iron ore mine gave way, flooding the nearby town with water and mine slurry. The dam burst killed at least 13 people, um, many are still missing in fact, and polluted a major river valley. The mine waste reached the Atlantic Ocean last week, nearly 600 kilometers away. So toxic materials, including arsenic, high levels of lead, aluminum, chromium, nickel, and cadmium have been found in the water. And the Brazil federal government is now suing those responsible for $5.3 billion, saying it could be more later because they don't yet know the full extent of the environmental damages. Brazil's environmental watchdog has already given the company a $65 million fine, but this is really just yet another example of the extreme consequences that can result from an incident like this. Huge financial consequences for the company we're seeing coming up, immeasurable environmental consequences, and you know even loss of human life. It emphasizes why the risk management efforts that companies undertake are so critical. You don't always really see the return on investment of these kinds of risk management activities because their success is measured by what doesn't happen, right? But accidents like this one show us why mitigating risk and preventing these kinds of tragedies needs to be a priority for all companies. Definitely. And those are all the stories for us this week, folks. We'd like to thank everyone for listening. We hope you'll join us again next week. And in the meantime, have a safe week, everyone.